welcome to Cody Cast. This, this is Cody, Cody Allen's podcast. podcast. Do it. Just then, a couple of badasses, really, just yeah, hanging out with each other basically. for the next little while here. <laughs> Me and Michael Chandler. Uh, and by the way, it's at Michael. Is it Michael Chandler MMA? Mike Chandler. MMA. Mike Chandler MMA. Yes. If you want to see um, how incredible you really are, I mean, every day there are new posts popping up. Um, of you doing some kind of crazy workout. It's a hologram. It's not even really me. I just—it's all computer, computer animated. Well, here you are, right here. You the med ball. That's a med ball right outside. Med of, ball, yeah. Right outside in, of training right camp. Training camp, yeah. Which is your gym here in town? Yes, sir. In Nashville, which is awesome. So this is good Monday motivation right here. Yeah. Which, by the way, I didn't work out today. Do you ever? Oh, shoot. Do you ever not work out? Do you ever skip a day? Oh, I've skipped the days. I skipped days. <laughs> I, I definitely do, and that, you know that's the beauty of it too. I mean, I think when you're, I guess when you're forced to work out. You know, not really forced. I, I love what job. I do, but it's my job. Yeah. yeah. So like when I clock into work, it's, it's working out and it's sweating and it's ripping muscle and it's, right. te- you know, yeah. getting after it. So there's days that I realize I got to, you know, pull back a little bit, take a day off, take a week off if I have right. to, especially after a fight. You know, I, I, when I'm in training camp, it's six days a week, two workouts a day. Yeah plus visualization and film and, and then recovery stuff in between you're, you're, you're every waking moment is consumed by this fight that you have off in the right. distance, not to mention the pressure that is building the, the suspense that is building mm-hmm. the fears that are building that yeah. you have to harbor, you know? So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a all day long job. So I definitely take days off when I can. Is some of that motivation built upon the fear? I think, you know, for me, it's never been a fear of another man, like in the cage, it's never been a fear of, it's never been a fear of, of the injuries. I mean, obviously injuries happen in the sport. It's never been the fear of, of getting knocked out or submitted or choked out. It's, it's always been the fear of not performing to my greatest mm-hmm. abilities. I know that God put me on this earth not just to be good but to be great and not just to be great but to be extraordinary and to be put on a platform to reach people. And the thought of, the thought of self-sabotaging myself and that calling on my life and not living up to the it's not expectations, but living, living up to the, to the full potential, that is my greatest fear. You know, when I, when I get done, because it's at some point I will have taken those gloves off and put them in, in the middle of a cage somewhere and I'll be in some arena somewhere and some, some back locker room and I'll just have taken a shower and wiped, the, you know, wash the blood and the sweat <laughs> off me. And I'm going to have to get dressed for my last press conference and look in the mirror and I'm going to have to look myself in the eyes and say, Michael, did you do everything you possibly could with the talents that you were given? Yeah. Um, and I just hope that I can answer, you know, truthfully and without regret. Cause that, that fear, that, that, that fear of regret for the rest of my life, not living up to the full potential. That's the only thing I'm afraid of. And this spoken from a man who's wearing a shirt with lemurs on it. Hey. You have to know right here today. <laughs> King Julian, baby. This was, this was a brief, this is a brief pick. We were it's walking, we were, walk, we were walking through Nordum. She's like that, that right there. And it's, and it's, uh, you know, whatever it's called, like athletic cut, you know, like I put it on and it just fit like a glove. And here King I am, Julian, here I am, you know, <laughs> let's talk about the MMA. <laughs> the MMA. I bet you did I mean, I'm not sure I, think this conversation would go down this road. I didn't, but I'm glad that here. we both okay, right. have a, a, a love and an infatuation with King Julian. Like that's my favorite of all time. I love it. Um, but yeah, no, I have at the zoo. At the zoo, okay. and, and I haven't seen him in real life. We, so my next fight is in Hawaii. I don't know if there's lemurs in Hawaii. I know yeah, there's jungles gonna, everywhere, yeah. so we'll see. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You're actually doing a really cool thing with the USO over yes. there. It's a salute the troops fight. Mm-hmm. And so, how different will this be versus a regular fight for you? 
This is great. You know, I mean, you know, for me, and, and we talked, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, for me, I always try to keep the main thing, the main mm -hmm. thing. I mean, there's, when you talk about rivalries, when you talk about fighting for the belt, when you talk about fighting under the lights and with all this pressure and all yeah. this, all the different extenuating circumstances in this fighting in front of fighting in front of our service men and women, they're based in Hawaii at mm -hmm. Pearl Harbor of all time, of all places is, is something that's special. And you almost don't want to miss the moment. But you want to you want to harness the moment moment because when you think about all those outside circumstances, yeah. that pressure builds and the heart rate increases and yeah. the mental chatter increases because the, the the spectacle is bigger than the job at hand. So you try to you try to just focus on the the the, the fight and, mm -hmm. and you just focus on the task at hand. But man, what an awesome opportunity! I think I think the Bladesdale Arena holds more than 10,000 people and it's I think the they're only selling a, a thousand tickets and then all, everything else is going to the military oh, that's free awesome. yeah free for the for the servicemen and women and and there's there's they've there's been a lot of shows like this in the past with other organizations and, and whatnot and it's just beautiful it's a it's a beautiful sight to see a, a huge cage set up in the middle of an arena and everyone's in their uniforms whether yeah. it's army fatigues or their sailor sailor uniforms yeah. or their marine uniform and it's just that's it's cool. awesome so. so it's a rematch also right yeah the fight itself. So tell me about that and who you're fighting. So this was um, the current champ's name is Brent Primus. Um, he and I fought June 24th of 2017, which was the biggest stage of my life. The biggest stage of my career it was Madison Square Garden, warming up in the same in the same locker room as Mike Tyson, walking the same hallway as Muhammad Ali. Like this, this was really really cool for combat sports. I mean, the cage was probably set up within feet of where the boxing ring was set up with. Ali right. versus Frazier and Tyson versus Holyfield. So, um, biggest stage of my career. I, uh, I had an injury in the first round that, that basically left my, my left leg paralyzed and helpless. Um, and referee called the fight. I lost the title that night. So yeah. since then it's climbing and crawling my way back. I've had two, two, um, dominant victories since then. And, uh, now I get the opportunity to get another crack back at the title and here we go. In case people don't know, obviously MMA is the general term, but Bellator and UFC are kind of the what would you call it, divisions or the leagues uh, or promotions. What? Yeah, okay. yeah. But so whether you're a Bellator fighter, so yes, MMA mixed martial arts is the sport, um, just like football is the sport, but NFL is the promotion or AFC and NFC are the whatever you call them. I forget divisions. There you go. Sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, so Bellator, UFC, those are the promotions gotcha. underneath the sport of mixed martial arts. Same rules. Um, basically the same cage. It's, you know, the UFC has an eight out of eight sided octagon. Bellator fights in a circle, but it's cage and it's canvas and it's padded and it, it all kind of very much looks the same. We wear, you know, a mouthpiece, we wear a cup and yeah. we wear shorts and, and, and four ounce gloves. And that's about it. I was going to ask about the cup. I'm glad you brought it always, up. Always got to have it. And the uh, good thing is they always check. Like you can't, you know, luckily, I mean, there's been times where people forget them or they forget their mouthpiece and like, cause they always check right before you, you know, walk out there, they check, they check behind your ears and your fingernails and all that kind of stuff. Make sure you don't bring weapons into the right. cage. Um, and they make sure you got a mouthpiece, make sure you have a cup. So Conor McGregor, probably the best known MMA fighter right mm -hmm. now for better or for worse. Yeah. Love him or hate him. He's a polarizing figure, I think. Yes, and obviously he was the guy in that most recent uh, fight mm -hmm. in, um, was it Vegas? I was in Vegas. Vegas, yeah. and you know, all hell broke loose afterwards. Mm -hmm. I guess. And uh, what was your take on that? That was. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different. You know, a lot. Of, there's a lot to unpack there. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, this. The the beauty of mixed martial arts is is although these are some of the the you know craziest and most emotional emotionally charged men and women in the world. Uh, these different fight promotions and these these commissions, the the fight 
boxing commissions yeah. do a good job of of kind of harnessing things and keeping things under control. And most of the time, when you know, whenever Khabib finished Connor there, that cage door was locked. Mm. Nobody was allowed to come into the into the cage. Yet, you know, Khabib jumped out into the crowd yeah. and into Connor's area, and then two other uh, Russian guys from Khabib's camp jumped in and obviously attacked Connor. So it was. Yeah. It wasn't anybody's fault besides the people that were involved. The commission did a great job. The UFC tried to the UFC tried to you know harness everything, yeah. um, but at the end of the day, it's it was uh, there was a lot of lot of things going on. And and man, I just I do on the one hand I think okay, well if there was somebody making fun of you know or or poking fun at my religion or my family or something like that, it's tough to it's tough to to handle those emotions. Um, but then on the other hand, if it was me and Bree and Hap sitting there and a man mm-hmm. jumped and flying eagle kicked a guy right next to me and my son got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some problems. So it, it was unfortunate. Um, it was a black eye for the sport. Um, I think those two guys are two of the best guys in, in, in the world in, in mixed martial arts. So for that to happen and for emotion to get the best of them was, yeah. was definitely unfortunate because I think as we sit here and we talk about the listeners and the viewers today, maybe, maybe this is the first time that they've looked at or maybe they yeah. go and google it you know mixed martial arts or they google my fights I, at the end of the day we are still men and we're still men, men and women we're still human and um we are a lot of us are very just normal people who don't like to be put in that category yeah. of fighters must be crazy fighters must be angry fighters must have you know pent up aggression and that kind of stuff because um, at the end of the day you know i'm i'm just i'm more proud of being a husband and a father than i am a fighter you know right. so when did you first know that you wanted to fight? When you were a wrestler in high school or when? It was a wrestler in, when I was a wrestler in college. Um, so, you know, for me, for me, I never had big brothers growing up. I was always the big brother. So when I got into college and I walked on the University of Missouri wrestling team, I had, you know, good success there. But I had good success because I had a couple guys who are older than me pouring into me. Tyron Woodley, who's the current UFC welterweight champion. And then Ben Askren, who was uh, was the Bellator champion and then went off to 1FC to and became the welterweight champion mm-hmm. there. So those two guys started fighting. And, you know, they were like my big brothers. And yeah. I saw that they were doing well and they were winning and they were they were making a living and, and getting some notoriety. And I figured I'd give it a shot. And then I uh, graduated in May of 2009 and uh, stepped into the cage in August of 2009, right after I got done, fi- right after I got done with with NCAA as my senior year. And I didn't really know how to fight. I just knew I was going to go out there and I was, you know, tougher than the guy I was about to step <laughs> across the cage with and uh, have not looked back since August of yeah. 2009 now to October of 2018 going on 10 years the start of all that was wrestling though early in your life or when did you start that wrestling uh, I started as a, as a freshman in high school okay. um, and then uh, was a four-time state four-time state placer but never won state I was runner-up my senior year yeah. which kind of gave me that inner drive that inner fire to, to go off and pursue wrestling in college and I was I was I was getting offered um, scholarships to division three, division two, NAIA schools, but something in my heart, I had this tug on my heart that, that, that said, if you're going to, if you're going to wrestle, wrestle at the highest level, wrestle at division one. So I for, for went all of these full ride scholarships and paid my way to the Mizzou wrestling squad and walked on, um, wasn't offered any money, any books, anything like that. Wow. And became a four time, uh, national qualifier four year starter and an all American my senior year. So it, wow. it was just, uh, I peaked late, if you will, you know, and it, and it was just failure after failure after failure 
parlaying that into being successful. And then all of the, all of that experience and all of those successes and failures propelled me into this mixed martial arts career. And it's been ups and it's been downs, but it's been an amazing career thus far. Talk about the downs for a second, because you have had injuries. You mentioned one mm-hmm. earlier. Have those been the toughest part of the whole pro- you know, process to get where you are now? Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, I honestly, success is a beautiful thing, but success can also, it can also blind you and it can also make you comfortable. It can also, it can also not reveal you know, the, the human that you fully are. And for me, I shot off like a rocket ship. When I came into this sport, I was within one, within a year and a half, I was eight and O and number three in the world in the entire world. Mm. Bellator lightweight champion had just beaten Eddie Alvarez in a, in a crazy battle. It's on YouTube. Um, and had just beaten him and I shot off like a rocket ship, got a ton of success very quickly. I felt like I was unstoppable. felt like I was unbeatable. Um, Won two more fights and then rematched Eddie. I lost that fight to Eddie. And then immediately for some reason, for some reason, a loss and failure inside the cage instilled in me negative self-talk and kind of backsliding with, with my belief in myself and my, the calling on my life. And for some reason I forgot why I did it. You know, luckily for me, I didn't, I didn't veer off into into any avenues that were going to get me in trouble or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Didn't never, never jeopardize my integrity. But what I did do is I was, I wasn't living up to my full potential of why I was put on this earth. And I lost three fights in a row. I went 688 days without a win for a guy who was deriving his deriving his worth and his self-worth and his self-esteem from these wins inside the cage mm-hmm. to go 688 days without a win can do a lot to your, to, to, to a man, you know? Right. Um, and I remember, you know, you met my wife, Bree, when, when I lost, I lost that third fight in a row. It was actually in San Diego where, where Bree and I were living. We brought our bags back. We sat down, sat down on the couch. We both like, I, I heard her sniffle. I looked over, she started crying and I was crying. I and mean, it was almost kind of one of those moments where I hit the bottom, I hit the bottom three, three losses in a row. Is Bellator going to cut me? Am I going to have a paycheck tomorrow? How am I going to provide for this beautiful woman who put her trust in me to provide for her? And, you know, so it was, it was, it was a tough, tough moment, but it's not about hitting the bottom. It's about how far you bounce back up from the bottom. And from then I started taking extreme ownership of my mental, of my mental training, extreme ownership of what goes on between my ears. Mm -hmm. And because that's where the battle is won and lost, you know, between the ears. And how do you do that? I know you talk about being a man of God and Mm -hmm. having faith and, Obviously, that has something to do with it, but mm-hmm. um, how, how did you bounce back? You know, I think it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, because um, you, you got to practice what you preach. I was telling people that God put me in the sport to be great and to be put on a platform, yet the way I was living wasn't was not in that. It's it's a you know in psychology it's called cognitive dissonance. The, the reality not matching up with your true beliefs, and the belief in myself had been gone. I, for some reason it diminished and I, I lost belief in myself yet. I was telling people that I wanted to be the best, but I wasn't putting the work in mentally to be the best. Now, was I working out hard? Absolutely. Um, could I work harder and longer than everybody else I was with? Yes. But when it came to self-worth and self, self-esteem and self-identity, mm-hmm. it, it was a, I was in a place where I, it was a lot more negative than it was positive. So for me, it was, it was getting back to my roots and getting back to, to why God put me on this earth and, and, and I was, and that I was put on this earth for relationships. And I started looking at each individual follower and each individual fan, each individual view as not just something that was a number, but 
it was a heartbeat and it was a soul. And I realized that I have such a great cloud of witnesses mm -hmm. to be able to go out there and do something great. And slowly but surely, I hired a sports psychologist and really started working on visualization, really mm -hmm. started working on self-affirmations, really started constantly dwelling on things that were positive and of good rep good reputation mm -hmm. and, and of, of things that were we're only going to take me one step closer to those goals and not one step back from those goals. So it was just taking extreme ownership and realizing that nobody out there can make you believe in you like you can. Only you can believe in you. You can give me all the compliments I, I, that you want, but if I don't truly believe those compliments, yeah. it's just lip service. You met Bree in college? I met her after college. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, what's your walkout song? Um, Every great fighter has to have a walkout song i've i've changed it up a lot okay. um the one i've been using recently is a mashup um of post malone's i fall apart and it's at the very beginning um uh, when he said and there's so many thoughts going through my my brain uh -huh. but i take each shot like it's more than pain you know uh -huh. and then um i fall apart because for me i think you're at your best when you're falling apart and it sounds like an oxymoron, but like, but when I'm in that cage, I'm literally giving my full self and I'm falling apart inside that cage. I'm stripping mm -hmm. back and peeling back the layers of, of who I am, whether it's, whether it's through each individual scramble, each yeah. individual fight. I mean, for, for me, it's never been about hurting somebody. It's always been about putting on a masterpiece and right. literally going out there and doing what God called me to do and falling apart. And then, um, Mashing up, fall apart with, dun 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 dun. I can feel it. The old uh, Phil uh, Collins yeah, song. Yeah. Um, so it's just cool, man. It, 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 you always think about what song is going to hit you the most, what song is going to kind of get you where you need to be and get you in that mental state. But it's also what's going to play the best inside of an arena with twenty thousand people with yeah. a sound system and bass and all that kind of stuff. Great. So. I mentioned your gym a little earlier, training camp here in Nashville. I, I love the concept behind it. Tell us your idea. So for us, we always, we talk about a community, you know, so we're, we're not a gym like the YMCA that you can just walk in, put your headphones on and work out by yourself. Um, because that's, you know, that's the individualized, if you will, you know, we do have an open gym between one and 4 PM where people can go and, and lift weights if they have a membership. But for us, it's about, it's about community and it's about mm -hmm. classes and it's about camaraderie. And it's about teamwork. Um, which is the way I've always operated. I've always been on a wrestling team, which is an individual sport. You go out there and you wrestle and win or lose, it was on you. But right. when you talk about training and, and that camaraderie or that teamwork, just sweating and right. striving and, and sometimes wanting to die next to, you know, <laughs> next to your, your teammates, uh -huh. um, that's how, you know, iron is forged in the fire, you know? And, um, so we have an awesome community where it's, you know, it's 20 people in a, in a group class and we'll have a bunch of different stations and, you know, maybe it's four or five minutes per station. And we, we're always constantly switching up the workouts. We're always constantly switching up the equipment that we're using. We're always constantly um, focusing on different things. We have a couple different styles of group classes and then we also have um, personal training and then we have, that's on the group fitness side of things. And we yeah. also have a whole other combat sports section, um, which is 3,000 square foot of mats and bags wow. um, where young aspiring mixed martial arts fighters can come in our training or just people who love to, to hit the bag. I mean, there's, you know, um, there's a lot of gyms out there that, that just have bags and we do bag work and it's combinations, whether it's punches and kicks and knees and elbows, or it's just boxing. Um, and just showing people how boxing, even though combat sports, you can watch a fight and you can yeah. watch how a fist lands on a face and it seems like it's very barbaric and whatnot. But then you realize you walk into a place like training camp and you realize punching a bag is a lot of fun. Um, 
exerting yourself, getting your heart rate up, yeah. and it's just about the community and the culture that we built. And you've got country music f- uh, friends also who, I know Russell Dickerson's mm-hmm. been at your place, uh, and who else? Uh, Thomas Rhett. Okay. Thomas Rhett's there with um, his trainer. Oh, really? Been tra- so Larry Donald is his trainer. Okay. Larry's one of, our, one of our boxing and fitness trainers there. Oh, cool. um, he was also training Kelsey Ballerini there. So Sweet, yeah. yeah, yeah all right. Man, it's been so, cool, and then just, yeah. Never know who you're going to see. No, yeah, it's, it's, so it's cool. It, it's uh, it's definitely crazy. The you know, yeah, because I've been a country music fan for a really long time. So to have a have a place with within the four walls, you know, people yeah. of all different walks of life, you know, come yeah. come and train. So right on. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming by. Always a good guy. Everywhere I see you at country music shows, um, you go to a lot of them in town, and we seem to uh, run into each other all the time at those events and so and you're just the coolest dude so um where can people find out more about you website yeah i mean i i have michaelchandler.com okay. um like a lot of websites they're not always updated the most you know um obviously social media is is my yeah. it kind of is my way to, to really reach people and talk to people and, and motivate and inspire so um and you like uh, instagram Chandler. and twitter yeah most? twitter for me twitter is more more news and and tweets and stuff okay. or uh quotes and stuff here and there but instagram's really my my main um social media kind of at mike chandler mma to check Mm -hmm. him out and by the way on twitter you are trash talking a little bit (laughs) oh yeah Uh, a little bit you said every now and then i'm the only man on the planet that can beat team uh khabib khabib Khabib. everyone else is either a sacrificial lamb or a cash cow yeah wow it's true just throw it out there yeah well, I mean, I think he's 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 been matched up he's been matched up with a lot of guys who he fared very well against. He's never fought a phenomenal wrestler, a guy a guy who he's not going to be able to take down, and a guy who could who could legitimately go out there, put the pressure, and take him down. Um, so I just truly believe that I, I'm the only guy on the planet that that can beat him in the lightweight division. Now, obviously, when you bring weight into it, I'm sure there's heavyweights and middleweights and welterweights that might be able to beat him, but. Um, and people would also say, well, you're in Bellator and he's in the UFC, so why would you call a guy out that you can't fight? And I, to that I would say I didn't necessarily call him out. I was making a, I was making a statement and making an assertion, um, and that's my opinion. And there's quite a few people out there that actually, believe, or actually agree with me, so we're doing all right. <laughs> when's the last time, because you're a tough guy, obviously, mm-hmm. when's the last time you cried? Cried? Oh, my gosh, I'm a big-time crier. <laughs> yeah, uh, when was the last time I cried? I mean, I'm I'm a big time man. Movies get me. Yeah. Movies movies get me bad. Like, you know what? What I've been watching recently is uh, Friday Night Tykes. Have you heard of that? It's Little League. Oh yeah. Little League uh, football. Football in yeah. te- in Texas. Yeah. And uh, I didn't think I would like it. I started watching. I'm like three seasons in, and there's a couple there's a couple area you know, and obviously I have a. Hap is a African African American boy, and yeah. I adopted him. So when I'm watching, I think I I think I see a little bit of Hap in there because there's there's a couple different teams where it's all African American kids and whatnot, and you see these coaches who are not getting not getting paid. They just yeah. do it for the the love of the sport, yeah. and then you see them so hard on these kids, and you but you also see them. They're like some they're they're some of the only father figures that some of these kids have too. Right. And there's these moments in there where I'm just like, man, yeah, that's awesome. And I I think I cried like 15 times so far in two or three seasons. Um, <laughs> But yeah, me and me and Bree often catch each other like crying, and I I won't cry, I won't like sniffle or anything. I'll start laughing, and then Bree knows Bree knows that when I start laughing, that's when the tears start coming because I'm laughing at myself <laughs> that I know I'm getting emotional, you know. Right. So that's one of those things. You got to be able to you got to be able to fight. You got to be able to cry. You got to be somewhere in the middle, you know. Good stuff. You're such a good guy. Thank you for coming by. This has been Cody Cast. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen anytime on the iHeartRadio app. Cody is heard on hundreds of radio stations across America and seen on CMT Hot 20 Countdown every weekend. For more, go to cmtcody.com.